the, the word of God in Isaiah is crazy, man, because you know, the word of God sometimes just, sometimes it's just something, you know what I mean? We know it's something, but sometimes it's just something. And it just, it caught me this, 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 this week, man, I don't want it to just be something. I want it to be something. I want it to be everything, amen? And so I was reading the word this week in Isaiah, uh, you know, the, it says, the Lord says, behold, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool, all right? Heaven is my throne and the earth is my my footstool, right? He says, what kind of house, what kind of house are you going to build for me? He says, I've made all these things. In other words, God is really, really, really big, right? And then he says, but check this out, but this is the one I'm going to look at. In this grand scheme of things, all these things, he says, this is the one I'm going to look at. The one who is humble, who is, who is contrite in spirit, basically recognizing that, that they're spiritually poor without God, and those who tremble at my word. And it was crazy, man, because I was, I was reading the word and I was kind of hurrying up, trying to hurry up and get through it because I had some things I had to do, right? And so I'm trying to just kind of, all right, and then he just stops me with and trembles at my word. And I'm like, man, I can't even leave now, all right? I can't go nowhere because I got to make sure that I got this right, man. And then he just stopped me and he, he humbled me and he reminded me. And so today I want us, we're going through the book of Luke. We've been going through the book of Luke all year now. And uh, we're, we're finally in chapter seven. We're about the middle area of chapter seven. All right. And uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter seven, 11 through 17. Check it out. All right. Open your Bibles. You want to check it out. We're going to be there. I want to, I'm going to read the story that we're going to be in today. And I want to challenge you, man. And instead of getting over on top of the word, how, what is it like for us to get underneath it as, as it comes down, as the word of God comes down? Too many times we have our Bible in our hand. All right, and we think it's just going to, all right, what am I, I going to use here? I can pick this. I can push that aside. I can pick this. Let's just get underneath the whole thing. All right? And so I want to read uh, the word first, and then we'll just see what happens, all right? <laughs> praise the Lord. So, Father, we just give you praise, Lord God. This is your word, Lord. And, uh, Father, forgive us, Lord God, when we dismiss it so quickly. Forgive me when I dismiss it so quickly. I just want to give you the praise in Jesus' name. This is a crazy story. All right, so, so check this out. Follow along with me. All right, it says, it says in Luke chapter seven, beginning in verse 11, it says soon afterward, after what? He, after what Brian just preached last week, Pastor Brian preached about that, that where he encountered this centurion and some crazy stuff went down. All right, so you need to check it out. Either read it or go back to last week's sermon or do both. Um, but it said, soon afterward, he went in, he went, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples had, uh, and a great crowd went with him. His disciples and a great crowd, I mean, they're just mobbing, maybe a big crowd like this. And as he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And the Lord saw her. And he had compassion on her. And he said to her, do not weep. And then he came up and touched the buyer, that thing, that, the plank that basically they're carrying this guy on. And the bearers, they stood still and he said, 
Young man, I say to you, arise. What? Jesus is always talking to dead people. It's crazy, man. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. And fear seized them all, you think? And, then, and they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people, and this report about him spread through all whole, the whole of Judea and the surrounding country. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. Right? I'm with you. But you know what? I, I love reading these stories all right, these, I love how Katrina put it. She put it uh, when she did her, uh, her, 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 her bloom talk. All right, this, these events. I love reading, reading and sharing these events about Jesus because I like, I like looking at this and like watching Jesus, right? You like to just try to keep an eye on him, all right, and try to figure out what he's like so that we could be more like him, amen? I, you know, I also like watching the people that are around him. And just tripping on the people around them. I like to, I like to, you know, watch them and, and you know, as they're watching him, you know, and just try to see if I could actually see the people who are watching him. And it reminds me a lot of how to see people who, how I need to see people who can't see Jesus, or people who don't want to see Jesus. And it kind of reminds me on how to see them. But you see, in order to do that, all right, I have to stop being so big and I have to stop allowing other people to be so small. And it's quite, it takes some work, right? Because in, in order to truly see people, you need to see them from their world and not just from yours, Right? A while back, I mean, it's been a few years now, man, uh, Ben, when he was actually a kid, uh, the, when he was leading worship here, we were at this event called Make Waves down in Phoenix. And I remember we were at the mall, and I was coming out of the mall, and there was this kid out there, and he was selling candles. He said it in a cardboard box. And he was like, hey, man, you want to buy it? He's just, just like that. He goes, hey, man, you want to buy a candle? This is like that. I'm like, whoa, man, you need to work on your sales pitch here, bro. You know, he's like, hey, man. I'm like, I'm like, let me check out your candles, dude. You know, and, and uh, he was a little homie, and he came up, and he was like, check this out. So he showed me these candles. He goes, these ones are okay, all right? The tall, long ones, they're all right. You know what I mean? But I like these ones better. And he showed me these really hard ball glass candles. and had these little candles in it, but a big old hard ball. He says, these are awesome. He says, these are great. These are my favorite because, you know, they, they smell, he goes, they smell really good. Smell it, smell it, go and smell it. And, and I'm watching this guy, man. He almost hit me in the face with a candle. And I'm like, hey, man. And he smelled it, right? And I'm smelling. He goes, and he goes, also, he goes, you know what? If you have enough of these around your house and somebody tries to break in your house, you can just throw it at them and it'll knock them right out. Right? He straight up told me that this was his sales pitch, man. You could just take the candle and throw it at him, and you'll knock it right. He was right. They were heavy. If you hit somebody with this thing, they're going down. Right? And he showed me these candles, and I'm like, bro. But see, that was his world. That was his world, man. Instead of me being judgmental, I'm like, dang, dude, man, you didn't work on that. I could check out. I got to see into his world. I said, man, I said, man, life is rugged, ain't it, bro? He goes, oh, yeah. And he had his candle. He's like, yeah, he's like this, right? Life is rugged, bro. 
and I just try to see his world. Another time, I'm up in, I'm up in Denver, right, and uh, I got a group of kids up there, right, and we're, we're doing this thing called Mission Fuge, right, and um, we went out to these, to a group of us, our kids went out to this nursing home, and we're just going to go and visit the people there. And, and that was always, for me, that was always kind of back in the, back then, I was just always a little bit leery about that. I don't know what to do in there. I feel powerless. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I'm probably walking into my own power. But I remember walking into this nursing home and I'm telling the kids, hey, what are we going to do? do? I said, just, just, just ask people their story, man. Just ask people what their name is, where they've been, where they grew up. Let them talk about themselves. All right? I'm pretty much, I know a lot of people, most people in the world love talking about themselves. Just ask them some questions about themselves and just visit with them. Show them some love. All right, cool. So then I went off on myself and I'm walking down the hall, right? And I walked down this one hall and I'm like looking, okay, where, Lord, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? And I'm walking, I look past this room and there's a young girl and most of them were senior citizens, all right? In this one room, there's a young girl, maybe in her 30s. And she didn't have a bed. Everybody had beds. This one just had a mat on the floor. And when I walked by, she looked at me and she could tell she couldn't, she didn't have no control of her motor skills. And it kind of tripped me out at first. Right? And I went, and I went, I just act like I didn't see her. And I said, I'm just gonna keep walking. I'll just keep walking. I'll go to another room. And I didn't realize it was the last room. I'm at the end of the hall. I'm like, oh, and I stopped there for a minute. The door's right over there. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't know if I, I can't do that, man. I can't do that. I go, show me who you want me to talk to. And I walk by there again, and I just, I told, don't look, don't look, and then bam, my eye contact. And I just said, Lord, you want me in here? And so I went in there. And as I walked in there, a nurse walked right in behind me. She said, do you know her? I said, no, I don't. He goes, she doesn't get any visitors. She goes, she, she, she had an aneurysm, a brain aneurysm, and she can't, she can't talk, and she can't control her motor skills. So they had her on this, on this mat on the floor. I said, well, what's her name? And I, I wish I could remember. I can't remember her name. He said, oh, I'll sit her up. I was, you can talk to her. I was like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> That's exactly why I'm here. All right. She sat her up. He said, she likes, she likes uh, music and stuff. And, uh, and I said, all right. And then she left. <laughs> and I'm looking at this girl, man. And I'm trying to see her. You see, because so far, all I can see is myself. And I'm trying to see her. I'm trying to see life from her world. And I can see she has no control of any motor skills. But her eyes are telling me, uh, uh, this is not who I am. And so I remember she said she likes music. And I didn't see a radio in there, so I just started singing her some like Guns N' Roses songs. So I knew at the time, it was just all I could think of in the moment. You know, sweet child of mine. I started just singing it. Oh, oh, I didn't have her. You know what I mean? And then she, and I started getting into it because she was really listening, you know? And, uh, and I saw a brush and I felt, you know, brush your hair. And so she was sitting up in this chair and started brushing her hair. And I just started talking to her, man. Because I thought, you know, if I was there and this was my world, this was my life, I want somebody to talk to me. Tell me about the world. So I told her what's going on in the Middle East. It was crazy conversation. There's a lot of stuff going on at the time back then. But it was just wild because God challenged me to see her from her world. 
right? Help me. And I, you know, we ask God all the time, man. You know what? We pray. We, I mean, how many prayers we have, all right? But, but how many times are we, are we praying, you know, uh, God, help me to see people the way you see them. And then, and then maybe even help me to see the way they see you and life. Help me to see into their life. And that's exactly what takes place right here with Jesus. And again, I want us to get underneath the word and just see what happens when it comes down. Let's go back to our story. Luke chapter seven, verse 11. It says this soon afterward, all right, he went into a town called Nain. He and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. All right, this, from where he was, they were traveling about 20 miles. This is about a five or six hour walk from where they were just were at this place called Capernaum. And they were cruising. Him and his boys, right, and a great crowd of men and women were following him. Some who were trying to find out exactly who he was. Some who wanted to be more like him. Some who just wanted to see some tricks because they heard he does some stuff. <clears throat> and they followed him. All right, a lot of times we read a verse like this and we think, okay, we just keep going. No, he, he's setting the scene right here. Luke is setting the scene and I want you to miss this opportunity. All right, this challenge. I mean, if all you want to do, I mean, even I love the way Jessica just kind of presented that idea. You know what? If, you, if, you, if you're here you know, you know, to hear a convicted sermon and you're not convicted, what's the deal? You're wasting your time. If all you're here, you know, if you're just here to, to go home with a great story, you'll get a great story. If you're here to, to maybe have some good points, hopefully you'll have that too. But is that all you really want? I mean, if you just want to hear the story, just listen to the story. But, 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 but why just listen when you can actually join the story with Jesus? And see, that's the point right here. To join the story with Jesus. Now, check this out. You're like, how does, how does that happen? He's going to show us. Watch. Because this story doesn't just, isn't just trapped in time. It isn't just a 2,000-year-old story. This is the story, his story, which is alive and well in your story today, God willing, if you allow it. And in Luke chapter seven, verse 12, he says this, as he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A considerable crowd from the town was with her. All right, what you have taking place, remember Jesus is rolling pretty thick. He's got a big crowd, they're mobbing, all right? And then they come across this other crowd. One crowd meets another crowd. You got one crowd, all they're doing is looking up, and you have another crowd, all they're doing is looking down. It would be really easy to miss each other, right? But one should have a greater effect on the other, right? See, a lot of times the negative overtakes us and we just get sucked up into the negative because nobody around us is looking up or leading us to look up. Let me ask you this question. I'll put this question up there. What difference should it make when a crowd of people who are continually looking up meets a crowd of people who feel they can't? You know, it all depends on those who are looking up, if they're even available to see those who are looking down. You've heard the term, man. You know, people, some people just get so heavenly minded that there is no earthly good. And that wasn't Jesus, not here. I mean, the description we get of his crowd is, is that they were looking up, but they also saw. That word saw, Jesus saw, that is a huge word right here. 
all right? They saw someone had died, all right? And usually when somebody would die back in that time, all right, the day of death, when that was confirmed, they would have the funeral of that day. Usually it was at the end of the day. And it was the only son of a widow. So now her whole life was just going down after this because there was nobody left to support her and take care of her. And there was a town of people they saw, all right, who loved her enough to look down with her. What kind of of woman was this that attracted this kind of love? Because you have the author of love itself, all right, all right, leading a group of people who are learning how to love firsthand, really love firsthand by watching him, meeting a crowd, leading a woman, all right, you know, walking with her the only way they knew. How? Maybe they didn't know how to look up. Maybe they did know how, but didn't know how to show somebody else how to look up. You see, usually it's easier for us. Usually it's, it's so much easier for us to look down than it is to look up. And sometimes looking down is just way more contagious than looking up. And I believe that the problem is we usually see only what we want to see. We usually see only who we want to see. Or at least we interpret who or what with what we feel we need to believe or we want to believe. And that makes it really hard to see anybody. But see, Jesus shows us something different here, all right? He shows us something completely different right here because he saw her. He joined her world, all right, by experience, all right? He showed compassion. He reached out from from his world, all right? And he crossed the line and he changed her world, all right? Let's take a look at those three things right here. Luke chapter seven, verse 13 says this. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and he said to her, do not weep. He saw her, right? And he joined her world. If you're really going to help someone, you have to start exactly where they're at. If you're really going to minister to someone, to lead someone, to love someone, right, you really need to start where they're at. You see, because where you're at, you're able to see where they're at. And that's a good thing, but, but you need to, to be able to acquaint yourself with them by experience. That's what this word actually means when it says, when the Lord saw her, he became acquainted with her by experience. This is what we call Empathy. He started to feel like she feels. And that's important. That's the church's job, to be like Jesus, man. This is what we're supposed to be doing, right? right? And what did he do, man? I have this question. Let me ask you this question. He saw her. He experienced it. He felt like she felt. Are we really seeing people today? Again, Jessica, as she said in her song, you just come and sing these great songs. That's awesome, man, but this requires a life of action. Are we really seeing people there? He looked, Jesus saw her, and he looked down with her only to to bring her and help her look, look up. Notice what Luke doesn't say, all right? He didn't say when, when Jesus saw her, he saw this woman of great faith. 
and he's going to bless her, all right? He didn't say he saw this, this kid who died who was a great man of God, or he didn't saw these two pillars in the community who were just essential for leading people to Jesus, all right? He, you know, he, he didn't even say that, oh, wait. Well, when he saw her, he saw that she prayed. She gave to the poor, and she really trusted Jesus. He didn't say any of that. He just said, it just says that he saw her. He saw her hurt. He saw her pain, all right? And he wasn't afraid of it. He wasn't afraid of her hurt. He wasn't afraid of her pain. He saw her because he loved her. Jesus sees us because he loves us. Now, to be honest, it's easier to avoid people's pain rather than approach it, isn't it? Why do you think so? Why do you think so, man? Because because, because, ah, it's hard to understand their pain. You know, sometimes it really is hard to understand their, or, 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 or we forgot how to understand their pain or we don't have the patience to understand their pain. You know, as we grow older and we see people go through stuff that we've gone through, what do we tell them? Just get over it. It'll be all right. All right, when you see your kid fall down, scuff their knee or, or hit their head on a table or something, you're like, oh, just shake it off, shake it off. Hey, what do you mean shake it off? How do you shake it off, man? How do you get smacked in the head with a hammer and shake it off? Just shake it off. It'll go away. Or like this. Just walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. What do you mean walk it out? My leg almost fell off right now, and you want to walk it out. All right? I used to love what my mom used to do. All right? You see, the problem is we forget what it's like to hurt. We know what's on the other side of the pain. We know that there's healing. We know that it's going to be all right, but that's not helpful in the moment many times. Right? I mean, Jesus could have saw her and said, I guess, check, check it out. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Don't worry. You're going to get over this. We're going to get through it. It's two shall pass. All right? Those are good words. I mean, those, we, we could use that. But he joins her in the moment. I like my, my, my mom, man. She was just, I love what she used to do. When we were kids, and she's done this, she still does this with my grandkids and stuff like that, and her great grandkids. Is if I'm running around the room, man, as a kid, and I bang my head on the table, and I'm like, oh, my mom doesn't go, oh, come on, come on, it's going to be all right. My mom immediately goes to the table and goes, you stupid table, don't you ever hit him again, all right? Short circuit me completely. I'm like, ah, <laughs> man, my mom is gangster, man. She's going to beat the table down for hitting her kid. <laughs> That's right. And every time I walk by the table, stupid table, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? But I would just love her, what she would do, man, because she would join me in my pain. Because, yeah, I was angry. I hit my head, but I also hurt. And then she would also comfort me. Jesus saw her, and he joined her world. And then, number two, he, he showed compassion. He, he reached from his world. Look what he says again in verse 13. And when he saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said to her, do not weep. Do not weep. At first you think that these words are a little bit insensitive, but he actually moved towards her. They didn't, would have been insensitive, would be to walk the other way. Oh man, come on, let's have some respect. Okay, you guys go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right, let's keep looking up, let's keep looking up, keep looking up. He saw her. And he had compassion on her. He showed compassion. He reached 
from his world, from his world. He joined her in her world, which is essential, all right? That empathy to feel like another person, it's, it's very, very important. Too many often, too often, man, we're just, we don't want to feel like you're feeling, but we'll just throw you a bone, man. Here, man, you need some food, you need this, whatever you need, you know, man, okay, good. So I can stay over here because that's just too crazy. He joined her in her world, and now when he was in her world, he had the permission to reach from his world. And he said, don't weep, as he moved towards her. What if you were the only proof of Jesus that someone might see in their life? What if you were the only proof? I know you're, you can argue this all day long. Wait, there's the trees and there's the butterflies and all this stuff. Yeah, but what if nobody's seeing that? What if you're the only proof of the life and love of Christ that someone will ever see in their life? There's a lot of people running around you and me, man, and you know a lot of them that think that they're spiritually invisible. And it's mainly because the church has just passed them by. I've passed them by. We've passed them by. But we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to just pass them by. <laughs> uh, the Apostle Paul wrote this out of Galatians. He said, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is what? Remember, he said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another the way that I love you. He said, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is a really, really simple commandment. All right, it's very, it's very elementary. Look for a brother or sister with a burden and then help them with it. It's not complicated. You don't need a program. We don't need to start a ministry. We don't need to get some leadership, all right, for this. We need to have some classes. You find somebody who is hurting and you join them in that hurt and you join them in that pain and you help them carry it. Verse 3 says in Galatians 6, he says, For if anyone thinks he's something, when he's nothing, he deceives himself. And I know, man, you, you look around and you say, Man, there's just way too many people that are hurting. I don't have enough time to go around just gonna bear all these dang burdens, man. Ain't nobody bearing my burdens. You know what I mean? We get all crazy with it. There's too many. A while back, we did a series called Do For One, all right? And remember, the premise of the series was do for one person what you wish you can do for everyone. You're not going to knock it out of the park for everybody, but there is that one person. Who's that one that you can take? You know what? I'm going to go deep with this person. I'm not just going to go wide and just kind of feed you and kind of give you the thing. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to watch this life. I'm going to engage in this life, all right? I'm going to try a way to feel the way your life feels, all right? And then I'm going to try to join you from my life. And maybe we could change the world. If you would just do for one person, all right, what you wish you can do for everyone. I was at a graduation last night, all right, mama's graduation, man, and I was just so amazed as I was watching these young ladies, man, come from just such craziness, all right, and to just, and, and to just realizing that there is beauty 
And there is, and there's just, there's just, there is hope. I was looking at, I was watching some of these, some of these moms, man, have been, we've, some of us have actually been there and done this as well. You know what I mean? We're completely homeless, lost their kids, lost their job, lost all hope, lost all good connections. And then now have overcome. And I watched how, they, you know, they, they talk about each of them having these mentors in their life. These one person who would do them for one, which they wish they could do for everyone. And now I'm watching the excitement in these young mothers' lives as, as they're ready to do for one what they wish they could do for everyone as well and just continue. Just amazing to see. You see, there is a burden, a huge burden lifted off of people's lives when they realize that God actually does see them. And remember, what if you're the only proof that they're gonna see we are, man. You know, we're living proof that God exists and that he loves us, man. And, and you know what? And we need to, to get that message out there. We're not, not just shout it out. We don't need bullhorns. We need arms to wrap around people and walk beside them and a mouth to ask them questions and a heart prepared, all right, to understand that world and a mindset on sharing and changing that world. A huge burden is lifted off people's lives when they realize that God sees them and loves them anyways. Right? He saw her, man, and he, he joined her world. He showed compassion and he reached from his world and then he crossed the line and he changed her world. Look at verse 14. Then he, then he came up and he touched the buyer. The buyers, basically, they would carry the, these, the, 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 you know, the deceased on, a, on, a, on a, like a, a decorative plank, basically, outside the city gates, all right? And people would stay away from it because you, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was illegal, all right, to, to go near them unless you were ceremony cleansed to, to, carry, the, to carry it. Anybody else touching it, it was illegal. You couldn't do it. It was against the law. And Jesus touched the thing, man. He touched it. So he's a straight guy all outlawed out, man. He started touching stuff. Hey, what's up? You know what I mean? I don't think he did it like that. You know what I mean? But, but he touched the briar and, he's, and they, they stood still. All right? It's just totally inappropriate. But Jesus crosses the line of appropriateness. Don't take this message wrong. I see somebody hurting. They need some food. I don't got no money. I'm just going to go rob a bank for Jesus. All right? Don't take it wrong. All right? Don't cross the line that far. Okay? That's not the line we're talking about. Robbing banks for Jesus. Man, we're going to make some t-shirts. Like, no, don't, don't even go there. No, don't do it. I know. She's like, wait, stop. You're going too far. I got you. All right, I'm with you. All right? <laughs> But sometimes we need to cross those lines of appropriateness in order to bring to life those people who are really not truly living. Right? Maybe. I think it's right. <laughs> right? Can I get an amen? amen? Thank you very much. Just want to make sure you stay here. I don't. Cool. Every once in a while I start preaching to myself pretty much every day. Anyways. 
Let me ask you this crazy question because this is a crazy thing that happened right here, right? I mean, only, you know, I mean, Jesus, this is his, Jesus big stuff. I mean, how can we compare to this? But here's a question, man. When you, when you truly see hurt, are you compelled to act in the unseen? You know, this, are, you know when you see the hurt, are you compelled to act in the things that you cannot see but because of you know, because you know the hurt and what is causing the pain? Are you compelled to join them in that hurt? Are you compelled to pray in a way that you maybe don't often pray? Are you compelled to, to ask for things that you maybe normally don't ask for? Are you compelled to act in the unseen? What's crazy to me is Jesus talks to this guy who's, who's definitely passed away. He's gone, but yet he reaches over and he, and he speaks into a realm that only he could speak into. But he's also given us permission to speak into realms as well. And I don't want to get too crazy with this, but recognize, man, because it cracks me up, man. People say, well, you're getting a little too supernatural. Okay, wait, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, very supernatural. But are you at least compelled to act in a way of the unseen? Man, I know you look at, man, when you see this verse and the dead man sat up, began to speak, and, he, and Jesus gave him to his mother, and you're like, you know, that's Jesus, but, but, but what if he doesn't show up? Next week, we're actually going to, we've got a message next week that you probably don't want to hear, but definitely need to hear. And it's that, that message that what if God doesn't show up? What if God doesn't answer this prayer? And, and there's actually an account where that actually takes place in the scriptures. And you can go ahead and read ahead and cheat if you want, Uncle. All right? You know what I mean? But um, what about this, man? What if, what if, the, what if the miracle was, was for you to be there with them in their pain and in their hurt and in their suffering to show them with, that Jesus is actually with them? What if that is their miracle? What if that's the actual miracle that they just need? Is that assurance, man, that they're not alone? Because so often, man, intense suffering and pain and hurt just isolates us. And way too often, God's people say, they just need to be alone. Just leave them alone. They just need to be alone. You know what? Some of that may be true, but they need to recognize that they are not alone. Even though they might need to be alone for a minute, they need to recognize that they're not alone that you see them looking down and you're willing to get in there with them and look down with them. You're willing to join their world. And as you look down there with them, you don't have all the answers and you don't have to have all the answers. And don't come up with any stupid cliches, man. Just sit there with them, listen to God and listen to them. And as you're listening to God and listening to them, if he gives you something to say, say it in gentleness and say it in respect and say it in love. And just join their world and show them your world and help them to look up a little bit. That's all you need to do is help them to see Jesus. They don't need to see you. You're not the, you know, the, 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 the end all be. You're, you're, you're answering their prayers, helping them see Jesus, even if it's a prayer that's not even spoken. What if their miracle was for you to be there with them and to show them Jesus? 
Luke 16, 7, 16. And then it says, fear seized them all. And they, and they glorified God and said, a great prophet has arisen among us and God has visited his people. And this report went about him, the report about him spread throughout the whole Judea and all the surrounding country. All right. I need to say this, man. You guys are about this. What I love about the men and women who call themselves the church are about this, man. And I don't see a lot of you passing by a lot of people. I see you guys doing this. I just think every once in a while, we, when we come across stories like this, we, we need a refresher. Right? Because I hear these stories all the time, how you, the church, are making this happen. You're changing the world. I mean, you guys being here makes all the difference in the world, right? You recognize that? So what I want you to do, I want you to be more intentional. I, we can all be more intentional. Come, come on, man. Can we all be a little more intentional with this? So three things, all right? And I have a fourth little something we'll throw in there. All right, three things. Number one, see. See. See them in their world. See them from their world. All right? Pray for them like you would yourself. This is crazy prayer. To pray for someone in their world, this is, this is why Paul, the apostle, calls it laboring in prayers, man, because it takes a minute and it takes something from you to actually try to feel like someone else is feeling, even though you have no clue what that feels like, to join them in that pain, all right, and to sit there with them, man. All right, even if you have to do it from over here, you know, and they need that space or whatever, whatever the case may be, it takes a little bit for us to actually feel that feeling, to feel that pain and to feel that hurt. And it hurts. But see them from their world and join that world in prayer. And pray like you would pray for yourself. And, and do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. When you see that one person or that one couple Whatever. Number two, reach. When you see them and you're, and, they, and you're allowed in their world and you see them from your world, reach for them from your world. Who needs you this day? Who do you know right now that needs you to reach for them? Who's that one that needs you to reach for them? I got one right now for me. Boom. Boom just popped up right now just asking that question see them man that just got real this sermon's for me it is you guys don't even need to be here it just nailed me right now it's like whoa I got this one very important person that needs this for me see them in and from their world number two reach them from your world and number three stay stay the course change the world. No matter how long, no matter how unanswered the prayers may be, stay and at least be an answer to part of that prayer. See, reach, and stay. Join, share, and change the world. Amen. I got a shameless plug for us right now. At the end of this, uh, 
month, we're starting our a new uh, round of the Way series. It's our it's our equipping series that we do. Uh, we do once a month for four months, one on one through four one, and we want to equip you to be better at all of this stuff. As we challenge you into why the church, and we challenge you to why you and how to grow in that in 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 in, in that uh, spiritual maturity and where you actually fit in the church and how you fit from the church into the world and and you're to help you discover your mission. The one on one is and and, and two, through four one insane awesome. It's called the way. You can sign up with the QR code right there. Hit it with your your app. Get on. Get signed up. You need to do it. We're getting that, getting ready to get that going. But see people, reach people, and stay with people. Maybe just do for one what you wish you can do for everyone. Amen? Check it out. I'm going to put this up here, man. Read. Here's what, here's what we read through today. Here's a little bit expanded view of our Galatians text. All right? Read this. You Check it out. All right? Check our work. See if we know what we're talking about. Or if we're even close, check your work. But always trust his work. Amen? Praise the Lord. Got the easy part, guys. Let's get it done.